0: Faithinkids.org and find out all the details about growing up.
1: Okay, I'm gonna start, Jam. Welcome back to the Summer Series. The sun is shining. You might well be on holiday. I'm Ed. This is Jam. Jam, how are
2: you? I'm good. And the sun is shining. It might be behind the clouds, but it's still shining behind the clouds. Get on the other side of the clouds and it's really shining.
1: I discovered, Jam, that the sun is 98% of the galaxy's weight. Whilst
2: also being on fire. That's the other weird thing, isn't it? (laughs) It's...
1: So, episode one. We are good news people, so we encourage others just like Barnabas did. And episode two. Good news people keep on trusting. On the toughest days, we will still sing because we always have the good news.
2: And this is episode three. We're exploring the action in Acts. Ed, what is
1: today's top truth? Good news people live for what lasts. We're going to see that being good news people changes what we love and the decisions we make. Jam, please, we want a whip around question. Will you give us one? It's a very general one, but it's a fun one. Tell me
2: about a good surprise. What would be the most surprising thing that could happen this afternoon, tonight or tomorrow?
1: if the ice cream van parked outside our house knocked on our door and said please just keep in on eating it's all on me
2: wow that would be nice another version of that is like when you find five pounds in a pocket that you didn't know you had and suddenly it feels like oh i could just buy an ice cream with this so it amounts to the same thing doesn't it
1: absolutely so what would be the most surprising thing that could happen tomorrow and it's a good surprise oh good surprise only good ones jam yeah Today in Acts, we're with Paul as he arrives in the city of Athens and he tells them a huge surprise that makes some in the room just laugh while the rest can't wait to hear more. Jam, please, before we get to the story, will you fun fact us if I ask you nicely?
2: Ask me nicely. Jam, please tell us some fun facts. I will certainly do that. In fact, I'm going to welcome you to my lost property shop okay in this lost property shop we have some things that have lasted an unexpectedly long time the sorts of things that don't last very long i have in my hand a pair of sunglasses okay they're not literally in my hand guess how old this long lost pair of sunglasses are
1: it's quite hard to imagine jam it's more than a hundred years because surely you need glass and i isn't glass like a hundred or two hundred years old
2: well, they did have it going back, because obviously stained glass you get in churches and cathedrals.
1: How right you are, Jam.
2: Yeah. Here we go. The world I have in my hand the world's oldest sunglasses. They were discovered on Baffin Island in Canada, and they're 800 years old. They were snow goggles designed to reduce the sun's glare reflecting from the snow. So they're not even actually made of glass. They're like coverings with little slits in them so they could just see through and not get the glare. Of the sun. That's pretty cool. I also have a pair of socks, Ed. Can you guess how old this pair of socks are?
1: So are we talking oldest socks ever discovered or just you found them in your drawer?
2: We're talking oldest socks that have ever been discovered.
1: Oh, I mean, Jam, honestly, look, let's... I'm going to say this one's in the thousands.
2: Yeah, one and a half thousand years old. There's an Egyptian pair of woolen socks designed to go with sandals. You see, that never goes out of fashion. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and it's thought they were knitted between the year 300 and 500. And they were found in the 19th century. So I have a very, very old pair of socks.
1: There's a granny, presumably, who was busy knitting 1,500 years ago.
2: I hope they were clean. Because imagine a pair of socks oh. that are smelly, that are left to smell for 1,500 years. That's, that's not good. You would have thought they'd have been found before then, wouldn't oh. you? Every lost property has one of these, a purse. No. Guess how old the oldest purse is that has been found.
1: Okay, I'm going to go big. I'm going to say 3,000 years old.
2: Keep going. Four and a half thousand years old. These dog teeth are all that remain of a distinct disintegrated purse from about four and, a half thousand, four and a half thousand years ago, found in Germany.
1: Jam, I'm a bit baffled, if I'm honest. Why are there dog teeth in a purse? Why is anyone keeping dog teeth?
2: They're like decoration on the outside.
1: People decorated a purse with dog teeth.
2: Yeah, apparently.
1: That's horrible.
2: Well, you know, maybe the dog had died through natural causes. I don't (laughs) think they were farming dogs for their teeth to put on their purses. And here's the last thing, an unexpectedly long-lasting item, but maybe not. Well, I have in my hand a piece of chewing gum. How old do you think it is?
1: So hang on, you're not honestly telling me you've got a piece of chewing gum older than 5,000 years old. You're not telling me that, It is apparently
2: 5,000 years old. From Finland, it consists of birch bark and was most likely used to heal mouth infections or also to use as glue. But there's a nice little piece of of chewing gum here in my very, very weird lost
1: property shop. Jam, you never disappoint me. And for that, I'm (laughs) so grateful. We are good news people who live for what lasts.
2: Nobody really expects these items like sunglasses or socks to last for thousands of years. And yet they do. But in today's reading, there's an even bigger surprise for the people of Athens about something that lasts. It's about Jesus who lasts. He comes back from the dead, and they're quite surprised by that.
1: We're now going to go straight into
3: the story we're looking at today of where Paul visits Athens. Our reading is taken from Acts chapter 17, starting at verse 16.
4: Paul was waiting for Silas and Timothy in Athens. He was troubled because he saw that the city was full of idols. He talked every day with people in the marketplace. Some of the Epicurean and Stoic philosophers argued with him, saying,
5: This man doesn't know what he's talking about. What is he trying to say?
4: Paul was telling them the good news of Jesus rising from death. They said, He seems to be telling us about some other gods. They got Paul and took him to a meeting of the Areopagus. They said, Please explain to us this new idea that you have been teaching. So Paul stood before the meeting of the Areopagus. He said,
3: Men of Athens, I can see that you are very religious in all things. I was going through your city and I saw the things you worship. I found an altar that had these words written on it. To a God who is not known. You worship a God that you don't know. This is the God I am telling you about. He is the God who made the whole world and everything in it. He is the Lord of the land and the sky. He does not live in temples that men build. This God is the one who gives life, breath and everything else to people. He does not need any help from them. He has everything he needs. God began by making one man. From him came all the different people who live everywhere in the world. He decided exactly when and where they must live. God wanted them to look for him and perhaps search all around for him and find him. But he is not far from any of us. By his power, we live and move and exist. Some of your own poets have said, for we are his children. We are God's children. So you must not think that God is like something that people imagine or make. He is not like gold, silver or rock. In the past, people did not understand God, but God ignored this. But now, God tells everyone in the world to change his heart and life. God has decided on a day that he will judge all the world. He will be fair. He will use a man to do this. And God chose that man long ago. And God has proved this to everyone by raising that man from death.
4: When the people heard about Jesus being raised from death, some of them laughed. They said, we will hear more about this from you later. So Paul went away from them. But some of the people believed Paul and joined him. One of those who believed was Dionysius, a member of the Areopagus. Also, a woman named Damaris and some others believed.
1: Jam, could you please tell us something you love doing? What's your favourite thing? My favourite thing might be
2: breakfast, (laughs) especially on a Saturday morning. I really cherish that time of not being in a hurry for work and I just get to cook breakfast, make breakfast. And also, I love all breakfast foods, apart from porridge. That's a complete waste of time. But I love bacon, sausages, fried tomatoes... Um, and also pastries. Breakfast is my favourite thing to do.
1: Thank you, Jam. I'd like you to imagine making yourself a god of breakfast. Ooh. Perhaps you would make it out of bacon. tomatoes or bacon <laughs> or or sausages. Uh, you would make it tall. You could use boxes of things to make it big enough to sit on a shelf in your living room. You could cover it in a a sprinkling of milk and oil. You could put it in your living room and your family could dance around it. And whenever you wanted more breakfast, you could pray to it. And if you ever found yourself having a bad breakfast, you could lay money at your breakfast god's feet or jewellery at its feet. Because if you kept it happy, maybe you'd get better breakfasts. Well, what do you think, Jam? How does that sound? Do you think you'd like a breakfast god in your living room?
2: It doesn't sound very hygienic. I think my wife would have something to say about the state of the carpet. I think I get the point you're... I don't
1: get the point you're making. Well, this is the story, Jam, of having an idol. It's a made-up god. The day Paul arrived in Athens, he found the number one idol-producing city of the world. It seems totally mad and as I explain a bacon statue in your living room, no one makes sense of that. But everywhere Paul looked, he saw people making gods to worship. They were worshipping the things God made. Bacon, tomatoes, sausages. They weren't worshipping the one who made them. These people weren't stupid. Athens was the big university, clever clogs, boffin city of the world. It had the biggest, brightest brains anywhere. But the city was an idol factory. There were monuments, statues, altars everywhere to any god you could think up. We're probably thinking they might be clever, they're still mad. It's a bit of a shock to realise we all easily. Enjoy the things God has made, but forget about him. I'm sure you don't have a statue to it, but maybe there is something you love so much you can't imagine life without it. Swimming, friends, dance, football, Nintendo, iPads, chocolate sweets, certificates for being top of the class. Is there something that you always want more of? Is it what makes you stamp your feet or cry?
2: Now, Paul wanted to tell the people of Athens the good news about God, who
1: made them and the Saviour he sent to save them. So, Paul explained that the God they're looking for sent his son Jesus into the world to save. He said Jesus died to save. His dead body was laid in a tomb. They rolled a stone across the entrance. It felt like it was all over. And the people of Athens were nodding and saying, Well, a bloke died. But Paul said it wasn't over. God raised Jesus from the dead. He is alive. He won. He beats everything and everyone. He is the God who is worth worshipping because he lives. Listen to what happened when Paul told them Jesus had risen from the dead.
4: When the people heard about Jesus being raised from death, some of them laughed, but some of the people believed Paul and joined him.
1: Paul said Jesus had risen from the dead and they laughed. It was so surprising. They thought it was funny. Some of our friends might laugh when we say that Jesus is alive. It makes no sense to them. Sometimes we can't understand why our family is different. Why are we the only ones who pray or go to church? Why do we trust Jesus? You know the reason. It's because Jesus rose from the dead. We make our choices because Jesus is still alive. Good news people live for what lasts. But there are still moments when those things in our lives that matter let us down.
2: Perhaps you're under seven and you're the only one in your class not invited to a birthday party. That is really sad.
1: We're good news people. We live for what lasts. The day after that party Jesus will still be alive and loving you more than you could know. Maybe you're over seven and you lose the football game or you don't get selected to
2: be in the play or the concert or the display and that makes you feel like you failed,
1: like you're not valuable. You are a winner because you are on Jesus's team. You are so valuable, Jesus gave his life for you. We're good news people and we live for what lasts.
2: If you're over 11, feeling different hurts. Being laughed at or teased for being a Christian makes
1: you wonder if it's really true, if it's really worth it. We know we're right because Jesus rose from the dead. It's not because we're clever or because we want to be more popular. It's because we live for what lasts we're good news people. The day Paul was in Athens, not everyone laughed. Some believed it. One woman called Damaris became a good news person that day. That was the beginning of Damaris living for what lasts. Still today, people are becoming Christians after they hear that Jesus rose from the dead. Let me pray. Father, we thank you That we do not trust in things you've made. They are good and they are wonderful. They make us smile and sing. But they're nowhere near as good as Jesus rising from the dead. I thank you, Father. We are good news people who live for what lasts. We make decisions differently. We know what matters. We hold tight to Jesus. He has us. Thank you, Father, that you have given us Jesus. Amen. Amen. Ed's got questions. Under fives, do you remember the moment Paul told them Jesus had risen from the dead? What did some of them do? Fives to sevens, why do you think they laughed? Eights to elevens, Can you explain why Jesus rising from the dead is such good news for you? There are lots of answers. Over elevens, you haven't got a statue. But is there something God has made that you could imagine loving even more than him?
2: We'll have those questions again at the end. Here's a sketch.
5: Hello, welcome to Action Time with me, Action Tim. And I live in the woods, where you need to have your wits about you, so you don't eat something poisonous or just horrible. I'll tell you this right now, despite their name, fruit bats do not taste like fruit. <laughs> Gross. I couldn't finish it. <gasps> Wait, there's something in the air. I can smell it. I can sense it. It's it's a, a skunk. or Or a, a prawn. It's a crocodile! Run! Hello? Ah, don't eat me! Do you need help? There's nothing wrong with me. I'm sharp as Shelley's kitchen knife. Shelley's my mum's name. And I'm brainier than... Br... Br... Bre- uh, uh, Brontosaurus.
4: Then you'd like it down at the Areopagus.
5: Ah, is that like a Brontosaurus?
4: Is what like a Brontosaurus?
5: An Areopagosaurus? <laughs>
4: No. The Areopagus is a gathering of the smartest people in Athens and I just saw an amazing guy called Paul talking to them.
5: Paul! I've heard of him. He was involved in a jailbreak. He's some kind of tough criminal guy, right?
4: Not really. He's just a follower of Jesus and he went up against all the smart people of Athens to explain how Jesus' resurrection from the dead means he is the forever son of God.
5: Well... If this Jesus can defeat death, then he's invincible. But wait a minute. All smart people know that people can't come back from their dead. That's
4: the problem. All the clever people in Athens just laughed at that idea and laughed at anyone who believes it.
5: Then you must outwit them with your super intelligence. Trick them into uh, eating a fruit bat. They're disgusting. They'll just be sick everywhere. They don't taste like fruit at all.
4: Following Jesus doesn't take super intelligence or mighty strength. You just need to trust that Jesus rose from the dead. Do you trust Jesus, Tim?
5: I'm too smart for all of this. I don't trust anything or anyone, not even myself.
4: No one's too smart for Jesus. Because no one else can defeat death. Even the smartest people in the world.
5: That is true, But I must away now, back into the depths of the forest. I'm worried about these new dinosaurs you've mentioned and don't want to be caught by an Areopagosaurus.
4: No, it's a... Never mind.
5: See you next time on Action Time with Action Tim.
6: I want to tell you a story about life and how hard we make it with our worry and our strife. All the while there's a simple thing we can do That will help us carry on through Have you maybe ever had one of those days When everything is getting you faced? You fight at home and you fight at school And fight in your heart so you feel a fool Wherever you look there's hurt and sin But most of all when you look within
2: Michael J. Tinker they're reminding us that we can pray to God no matter how hard things are. Click the link in the show notes and you can find a link to Michael J. Tinker's albums. They're great. We love getting your emails. Do send them through. And we've had a lovely one from the Wilson family in Christchurch in New Zealand. That's brilliant. Blake, Dominic and Elliot enjoy listening to the fun facts and the sketches as well. Their favourite episode is one with Zacchaeus. Uh, And the piece of cake and the women complaining about Jesus going to eat with Zacchaeus. And mum is frequently told that the over 11 questions are for her because she is clearly over 11. Thanks very much for getting in touch. We've had another one, haven't we, Ed?
1: Ah, it's brilliant to hear from Zoe, Joel, Karis and Faith. They love answering the questions and they have to get a dolly to answer the under fives. It sounds like everyone has to find a way of answering every question, even when they don't have someone to do it, Jam. Please, will you send us an email to podcast at faithinkids.org? We love hearing from you. Tell us a story. Tell us where you are. Tell us what you're loving. Please find the craft. We've put it on the website. We've put it in our social media. There is a craft to go with each of the episodes in this series. I hope you find that brilliant, enjoyable and quite crafty. Jam, I've loved being with you. Thank you very much. Goodbye. Bye-bye. Under fives. Do you remember the moment Paul told them Jesus had risen from the dead? What did some of them do? Five to sevens, why do you think they laughed? Eight to elevens, can you explain why Jesus rising from the dead is such good news for you? There are lots of answers. Over elevens, you haven't got a statue. But is there something God has made that you could imagine loving even more than him? That was funny. Yeah. You've got to promise me not to do five minutes on your love of breakfast, though. That's a sideline we don't need to yeah, the yeah, show. Yeah.